Listeners, you're listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is a podcast where we friends get together and talk about a horror movie, which we will spoil. But first, we'll talk about some recently watched. Spoil that too. And we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can find the music on Amazon or Apple Music, where you can buy it digitally, or say hello to them on Facebook, where they are the Moon Rays. And we are not professional critics, we are just your hosts. I'm Richard, I'm here with Will. Hello. And Jolian. Greetings. All right. Well, the weather's changing. It's getting cool. And, uh... It's just snowing outside. Yeah. It's frightful. Not inside. Yeah. Not <laughs> yet. Not yet. Um, recently watched. Who wants to start it? Uh, I'll go. Last time, did we wrap up noir Vember? No. So you're going to tell us some noir Vember. Yeah, I don't know if I made it. I think I'm past the number, but... <laughs> so you watch it's more, more than like five, and I don't want to count that high. More than more than one film noir a day in the month of. November. I watch two sometimes. Oh man! Sometimes I fell asleep to both. So, do they count? <laughs> well, they went sure. In, they went in your ear holes anyway. It shows recently watched. So, so uh, I have I have to ask: Is it better that they're kind of more bite-sized, like seventy-minute movies? That helps. But that helps any movie. Yeah. The shorter the movie, the better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, short films, like 10 minutes, perfect. Student films. I need to get all involved in this. Four to seven minute long student films. Yeah. Perfect. All right, go ahead. I hate when, uh, though, you'll find like a horror movie on, on Prime or Shutter or something, and it sounds cool, and then you look and you're like, it's two minutes long. It's... It's not even worth it. It's some experimental student film that. Yeah, you can't tell me nothing in two minutes. <laughs> you could sell me something, probably. Sure. Uh, I think I ended last time on Odds Against Tomorrow. Um. So then I watched Nightmare. Don't know what that one is. I can't remember. It's too long. I can't remember any of these. Not, not the documentary about sleep paralysis. No. I think that one's The Nightmare. Um, yeah, I don't remember any of these, so I got nothing for you. I mean, I watched some that were for repeats, uh, DOA. Oh, that's a good uh, one. Great flops were acting in that one. Oh, yeah. What a master. I, I like that one quite a bit. Uh, I watched Dead Reckoning, which I don't remember. I may have not seen it, but it was uh, Bogart and Elizabeth Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. If you cut off the very end of it, it is the darkest <laughs> ending you could imagine. But then they tack on this wow. bit where... 
I mean, it, it doesn't go well. Uh, they he finally figures out that she really has it out for him, and they're in the car, and it's raining. There, he's speeding, and uh, they're getting an argument, and she shoots him in the side, and then you hear a couple more gunshots, and then they uh, they run off the road into a tree, and it goes black, oh. and you're like, oh, that was perfect. Yeah. But then they cut back, and he's got like a bandage on his no. arm. You're like, he got shot in the side, wouldn't that? Mm-hmm. He seems fine, but she hit her head, and now is gonna die. And so he uh, gets to go in studio. there and be like, later, you know, too bad you're going to die. Uh, yeah. Uh, I watched uh, Hitchhiker. That's mm. a good one. I watched The Red House because you had oh, mentioned it earlier one. this what'd year. What do you reckon? Oh, I, I like that one. That's yeah. a good one. What year, uh, what year was Hitchhiker? Fifty-three. Uh, now, were the, were people who were depicting hitchhiking in movies back then still like swinging their arm when they did it? Because it, it sometime in the seventies, it got to where you just stick your thumb out and kind of hold it there. Oh, you mean doing yeah, this? like pumping it, uh, like moving it from the elbow to and fro. I don't remember in the movie. Yeah, uh, it's a good one though. It's they pick up a hitchhiker. Always a bad idea. Yeah, and he holds him at gunpoint, mm. and uh, he's a real psychopath. He's killed like eight people going across the country. Wow, seems to be his only thing he does. Get he's, picked up, kill people. That's, that's the one directed by Ida Lupino, isn't it? Uh huh. Wow. Uh, do you the think... only problem with it that bothered me this time was you could tell they filmed in a tiny bit of uh, I don't think it's uh, uh, Bronson Canyon, but it's uh, it's some deserty place like that, hmm. and uh, they're supposed to be going hundreds of miles, and you're like, I think they're just driving in a circle. <laughs> They yeah. do an okay job. You never see the same rocks twice, or at least the same way. But it just it felt a lot smaller this time than it has mm-hmm. in the past. Uh, do you think the Hitcher borrowed from that? Oh yeah, because yeah. that you know, Hitchhiker kills people. Yeah, I think this was probably the the film that kicked all that off. Well, that's an old folktale. But that, yeah, you know, you don't want to pick up hitchhikers. They're either ghosts or psychos or mm-hmm. psycho ghosts. Yeah. Uh, that's why you got to be prepared to kill them, too, because what are the chances <laughs> are going to be two killers in the car? Just like if you carry a bomb onto an airplane. There's not going to be another guy on the bo- uh, with a bomb on the airplane. Right, what are right. the chances? Yeah, that's what I told the police, but they wouldn't listen. <laughs> yeah, you don't tell the police. That's the only thing. Uh, Man in the Net. Uh, I hadn't seen this one before. It had Caroline Jones playing. Uh, she isn't that. Morticia Adams. Yes. Uh, she plays a drunk wife to an artist, hmm. and she disappears, and everybody's pretty sure he killed her because hmm. they weren't getting along very well 
because of her alcoholism. Huh. Don't think I've seen that one. I'd never seen it before either. It was pretty good. Um, uh, Experiment in Terror. Mm. This is not quite a noir. Familiar theme, June. Mm, yeah. The so what? The familiar theme. Uh, this is 1963. This is a uh, poor bank teller. What does she do? I don't remember what she does, but basically uh, this guy uh, shows up and and he's stalking her and he knows everything about her and he tells her that she's going to rob a bank for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. It's uh, yeah, not quite noir. One of these on here, and I can't remember what it was called. Um, oh, Private Property. This was one that was dubbed a... Uh, psychosexual thriller which may have been the first uh first use of that uh it's pretty good uh yeah it's not quite as uh i don't know i don't know i don't remember a whole lot about much of these i watched the fast and the furious okay the original from 1954 yeah yeah and then I watched one called, uh, the last one I watched was Private Hell 36. Again, no, no idea. I can't remember. <laughs> I, I remember uh, Edward G. Robinson's in it. Hmm. Sorry. Sorry, those are so vague. Terrible. That's okay, uh, though. Then I tried to watch some horror movies to find something for us. I watched Cobweb, 2023. How was that? Uh, it starts off kind of okay, and then it just proceeds to get less okay. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Ennisman. That's the Cornished one. Yes. If really? You th- if you thought of... Uh, Whatever, uh, Snickerdoodle or whatever that movie called, <laughs> Skinamarink or oh my goodness, was boring. This this is right up there with oh, this. Dear. It one, it looks terrible at full size screen. I saw it in a trailer. It looks very seventies. It looks like a it's like, supposed to yeah, like it, missing scenes from The Wicker Man. Mm-hmm. But when you see it full screen it just looks like a digital effect put over it there's no dialogue Mm -hmm. it's just a woman walking around on a little island uh doing stuff Hmm. i don't even know where it was going but i watched about a little more than half an hour and it was nothing had happened there was nothing it's just like no music natural sound just her walking around like pulling some fish out of a bucket <laughs> walking to the kitchen hmm. putting the kettle on Ooh. nothing happens i don't know if it builds up does, does she have a nice cup of tea 
Uh, it seemed all right. All right. You don't really what know. What is that? You know, uh, she doesn't go into it in, at any point, at least that I saw. Uh, then I Cook. watched something just because Tubi put it up, and I said, sure, Tubi. <laughs> Let's let's watch ten by ten. Uh, the 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 description, the little synopsis, actually interested me. It was some guy has kidnapped some lady, but uh, the synopsis makes it sound like she may have chosen to be there. Eh, it's a little vague, so I watched it. Eh, it could have been an okay twist. I'm going to spoil it because it's not great. <laughs> Basically, this guy kidnaps this woman. He's been watching her. And you think, oh, he's 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 going to be the villain. But uh turns out that she was a killer nurse who killed his wife. And so he's going to get revenge. Well, all right. Yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> uh... And then I watched uh, I watched a uh, I'm burning through all of these, aren't I? I should save some. Sure. Nah. <laughs> There's only two left, and Go they're ahead. not very good. So I watched just the hell of it. This was a uh, a uh, juvenile delinquent film from the late '60s. Oh man! Which these kids start off as like stupid pranks you see on YouTube now. <laughs> like they light a lady's paper on fire while she's reading it or, you know, light a bunch of leaves on the guy's yard on fire. Uh, and then they quickly progress to rape. Like, wow, how did they? <laughs> That's quite <laughs> a leap. Yeah, I guess. Uh, and murdering people, you know. Well, uh, you know, fire is a gateway drug. I guess so. Uh, and finally, I watched Malibu High School, which sounds like a comedy, which is why I watched it, because I like those late 70s, early 80s, awful teen comedies where everybody's 30, and they're all trying to get laid. Right. Uh, they're all the same movie. You, you can't. Oh, that's the slutty one, or that's, that's the a, smart yeah. girl who's slutty as well. He's the prankster. He's a prankster who's not been laid, and that's the fat kid who's not been laid. Hmm. Uh, no, this is a a student, a uh, kind of rebel girl. Although she's not wearing a Ramon shirt, so it took me a while to figure mm -hmm. it out. Uh, she becomes a prostitute, and then becomes an assassin and just wow. she gets her classmates just mowed down doesn't seem to care it was it was a crazy movie for what i thought was going to be you know mm. a side splitting teen comedy from the late 70s i like bad movies do you think that especially back then critics took some sort of payment for their reviews and their quotes that could be used in the newspaper ads for the movie because sometimes movies were just bad and somebody's like it's a fun romp or a rollicking something or other and it's like uh, hysterically funny hysterically that was the one that always got me hysterically yeah. funny yeah 
I just picture, you know, someone flipping out. They they started laughing and they just lost. Like reefer madness. Yeah. <laughs> just lose their fucking mind and jump out the window. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, the movie's that funny. Yeah, I, somebody's getting like a briefcase with some money in it. Well, maybe not a briefcase, but well, an you envelope. notice now if you see them, they'll pick something that's like some out of the way obscure internet website that mm-hmm. said something vaguely favorable, favorable. You mm-hmm. know, like it's okay, colorful, or it was okay. Chewing the scenery, Exuber- moving pictures, good, <laughs> exuberant in places. Yeah, <laughs> it ended. It was more than just a lamp behind a fan. <laughs> <laughs> but just barely. 91 minutes, perfect. Chewing the scenery. Yep. Yeah. 82 minutes. We should start selling reviews. Well, Definitely. I think that would be great. Along with our merchandise. Yeah. Oh, man, we can make our own merchandise, no problem. We could make or break movies in this country. That's, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 a lot of times it is some stupid website or some online magazine like you said that's quite i like the ones that are just one word like funny you know <laughs> yeah. what was that in context of you know horribly unfunny or funny is not the word i'd use mm-hmm. to describe this film i like when it's a partial quote where you see the ellipsis points mm-hmm. leading so up the to it ellipsis funny ellipsis you're like what, what surrounds that yeah, this motherfucker wasn't. <laughs> Funny is a kick in the nuts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Jolien, do you want to go next? All right, then. I'll go with uh, some recently watched recent movies. Um, watched Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny oh. in 2023. I've I've heard the ending is quite. Did you see this fun. one? No. So I th- tried to watch it, but I couldn't get into my uh, Disney Plus. Um, I just got it from the library. Uh, it's directed by James Mangold, who did Logan, which I enjoyed. Uh, one of the most expensive films ever made, apparently. Hmm. Rests on nostalgia for a series I haven't really enjoyed since the first one, but it's better than Crystal Skull. <laughs> That's not saying anything. That clears that bar. Uh, I found the use of CG locations, vehicles, creatures, and faces distracting and macabre. Yeah. I mean, you've got like a lead character running around in his own face but it's not his actual face and then you've got stunt people running around in his face it's it's weird Um, so it's that uncanny valley thing especially after the 20 minutes or so of the opening sequence with de-aged actors against green screen landscapes uh by the time it got to the set pieces of the main story i was i was just completely indifferent to it Hmm. um when it gets down to the actual harrison ford with his actual face it's quite enjoyable and moving, though, and the climax is pleasingly nonsensical. Wow. That's what I had heard. Uh, I watched uh, Amityville, A New Generation from 1993. Oh. So what, what transmits the uh, possession slash haunting? <laughs> so this is... Um, not the lamp in this one, is it? No, no, it's not the lamp one. Uh, this one's got Lin Shay um, from the, uh, you know, the Conjuring series. Yeah. Uh, no, um. Insidious series. Same diff. Uh, Terry O'Quinn, David Norton, Richard Roundtree, but they're all only in support roles, so don't get excited. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's a Thanksgiving horror. Well. 
Uh, there's a mass killing at the old Amityville house back in 1966 and a mirror from the scene arrives at a building in Philadelphia infested by artists. How will they stop the curse of the haunted piece of glass? <laughs> well, they should, set a, they should set up a timer with this kind of pendulum device. <laughs> uh, recently, not to, de- to derail everything, I watched Amityville dollhouse i don't know what it's called right but it was about a dollhouse so it made the lamp one look good (laughs) like i i wanted to watch the lamp one again after i watched that that was some lamp yeah it was some lamp and patty duke was in it i think all right um oh yeah uh, it was my birthday recently and i got birthday messages and uh i got some from um, fans of this podcast. No kidding. Saying it was their favorite podcast. The That's hell? really cool. Yeah. Might have been lying because it was just my birthday, but, you know, I'll take it. <laughs> so do, you want, do you want to read any quotes? So thank you. Um, did, did, did they best use... podcast ever. There's a direct quote. Oh, okay. Funny. Dot, dot, dot. Rollicking. <laughs> <laughs> Roller coaster. Podcast. This one just says podcast. Dot, dot, dot. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, let's do some more recent ones. Uh, what a year for disappointing American movies. Hmm. Uh, Expendables, spelled as Expendfables. <laughs> um, this is the worst of the series so far. Expendables. that bar cleared? Four writers worked on this. Ooh. Combat is poorly filmed, wasting the talents of action kings, Iko Uwais, Tony Jaa, and Jason Statham. Jokes fall flat every time. Much of it seems to take place against green screen, mm. which is not what you want from a physical action movie. No. Um, okay. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. <laughs> uh, which is like Just Mission why? Impossible Part 7, Part 1. Yeah. Uh, directed by Christopher McQuarrie again. It's the seventh entry. A uh, bit of a come down after The Great Part 6. Uh, my glutes certainly felt the runtime. Um, there were wild coincidences helping the heroes along, and the car chase in Rome got so goofy it reminded me of Moonraker rather than the Italian job. Um, <laughs> still a slick entertainment though. Ethan Hunt seems to be a magnet for posh English women, uh, although not all of them will be back for the sequel. So, yeah, it's okay. Uh, Oppenheimer, have you seen this one? No. Uh, directed by Christopher Nolan. Second highest grossing, grossing, <laughs> grossing, grossing. <laughs> Second highest grossing R-rated movie of all time. It's really interesting. Do you remember what number one is? Jaws. It was Joker. Really? Joker. Jesus and fucking and, Christ. <laughs> three and four are Deadpool. Can they? Good that? fucking god! Can they put that on the fucking video box? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. But they just miss off everything but God, though. <laughs> yeah. God! Exclamation point. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> oh, funny. I think Jaws was like it was like uh, it was AA in UK. I think it was PG or what? What, what would it have been back in? 75? I think it's PG here. Yeah, because I, I don't think, I don't think they. I don't think they came up with PG thirteen until sometime in the eighties. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was uh, Spielberg brought that in, didn't he? For, mm-hmm, for Temple of Doom. Was it Temple of Doom? Okay. Yeah, there was something actually related or released right before that 
that got the PG-13 film, but it bombed and nobody heard about okay. it. And then Spielberg really pushed for it, though. Right, for, right. For yeah, I remember Temple he was Doom. the one who pushed for it. I thought it was like Gremlins or something, but it was uh, Temple maybe, of Doom. Yeah, it was Temple of Doom, but okay. it may have been, you know, Gremlins was skirting that line, yeah. so it got him interest in that idea. Hmm. Um, so anyway, Oppenheimer. Uh, anyway, excellent movie. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. looks like he's delighted to be playing a human being after quite a while. Um, the hallucinatory scenes when Oppenheimer's conscience hits him are heartbreaking and horrific. The film also cuts in Lovecraftian writhing atomic strands and star systems as Oppenheimer sees the world beyond our mundane level. So uh, I was watching this. I'm probably the only one who thought this, but I, this movie reminded me more of uh, X the Man with the X-ray eyes <laughs> than anything else. Um, yeah, so it'd be uh, funny if he used that first. That was his main inspiration. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I watched the Killer. You saw this, didn't you? The no, he watched the Killer. One, the I have not watched the David Killer. David Fincher yet. one. It's on I Netflix. Need to. Yeah. How did you like it? Yeah, I I, I liked it. Um, based on the graphic novel by Alexis Dolant, and Alexis Nolant, who who wrote the um, uh, a Black Dahlia graphic novel. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, it was drawn by Luc Jacquemont. Uh, Michael Fassbender plays an assassin with a higher opinion of himself than the film has. Listens to the Smiths all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, did you catch most or all of the uh, names he used? The um... uh, I. There had to have been a couple that you... I didn't get them. I wasn't familiar with who they were, but I'd heard of them. But yeah. I couldn't place them. I thought, were they writers or something? Well, a couple of them... Uh, well, a couple of them would have been from American sitcoms that yeah. you probably have not watched. Right, right. Oh, okay. So he was just using names like Archie Bunker or whatever. Uh, Lou, uh, Lou Grant. Um, mm. Ones that I would expect somebody at a ticket counter might recognize if I were him. Ted Knight. Yeah, I mean, if it was something like that, you'd probably get away with it. Are you really Mary Tyler Moore? <laughs> right. Is that your real name? Sir. <laughs> no, I, I said Murray Tyler Moore. Oh, Murray. Murray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anywho. All right, here's the last one from this year. Uh, Godzilla Minus One. Went to see this at the cinema. Mm. I was so happy. Yeah? Yeah. Um yeah, it must have had deep resonance in Japan. I'd have loved to have seen it with the Japanese audience because it really like uh, get reaches in and like right. This is what's going on in your soul. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, and it's uh, directed and written by and special effects by Takashi Yamazaki. This was number one in America. The number one film in America is is the. Um, made more money than any other Japanese film released here. Wow. Yeah. Um, this, yeah, fantastic. It gets up to a certain point. Like the first time you see the full-on Godzilla emerges and he's, he's like stomping down Ginza in Tokyo and like the uh, the theme tune kicks in. <laughs> I was just so happy. It's just my tears are rolling down my face. <laughs> like, oh, this is so good. Just, uh, yeah, wonderful. All right. Um, Did you do that for your birthday? Uh, well, it came out just before my birthday, so oh. I went and saw it. Yeah. Um, yeah, when it opened. Um, okay, go back to some older ones now. Uh, Goesi from 1981. This is a South Korean remake of The Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue. Hmm. But without the Catholicism, 
the kinkiness, the gore, the breathing noises, the exceptional soundtrack, and the downbeat ending. Oh. So, uh, one of the scientists behind the ultrasonic device is American. He's called Dr. Steve. Dr. Steve. And the, uh, the ultrasonic device in this movie causes um, infant deformities, much like the American chemical weapon attacks in Southeast Asia, um, so, which is a little different from the original movie. Uh, I thought it was an interesting twist. Um, let's see. Uh, Sweet Sweet Rachel from 1971, uh, directed by Sutton Rowley. This is a uh, TV movie with Alex Dyer, Stephanie Powers, and Pat Hingle. This is a psychic murder drama, and it was a pilot for a series called The Sixth Sense. Okay, I have seen this. Which ran for 25 episodes and was welded into the syndication of Night Gallery. Um, standard TV filmmaking for the time, lots of close-ups, but it's a good cast and the story's interesting. Um, Death Moon, another TV movie directed by, directed by Bruce Kessler. Where a kid moons you, and if you look at his ass, you die. <laughs> That's the Japanese one, but uh, this is the American one. Um, so the year after getting ants in his pants in Panic at Lakewood Manor, Rob- Robert Foxworth takes a holiday trip to Hawaii for rest, relaxation, and werewolfery. I want to shake the hand of whoever was tasked with doing a werewolf TV movie and said, hey, let's shoot in Kauai. <laughs> uh, a detective says, werewolves? You've been smoking too much Maui Wowie. Oh. Jeez. Um, with Barbara Trentham from, she'd been in Rollerball a couple of years before this. Now, hold on, back up a little here. Was this a, was this a cop in Hawaii that says this? Yeah. He would have said Pakalolo. <laughs> Pakalolo. Yeah, that's, that's the slang term. For, well, for would, weed. Would, would mainlanders have understood that? No, probably yeah, not. TV audiences in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> Just the same way in Shaun of the Dead, they, they went ahead and said, she's so drunk. Cause they were the only piece of dialogue they had to change because they were afraid Americans wouldn't understand pissed. Oh, they'd think she was angry. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, with Barbara Trentham, from who'd been in Rollerball, and uh, she went on to marry John Cleese. Um, France Nguyen from South Pacific. And Julie Chin from Hawaii Five O. Wow. Yeah. Well, all right. Pretty good. Jeez. Hawaiian werewolf movie. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Now I've seen my Hawaiian werewolf movies. Yeah, that that's a pretty small subgenre. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'll leave it there. Well, for me, I watched more episodes of The Sopranos. We're into the final season, which you'd think. You know, like, oh, we're on, like, episode five or six. It's almost going to wrap up. But this is back when they still used to do, like, 23 episodes was a season. So we got a ways to go. Um, we're at a, a certain point in it that uh, I, I, won't, I won't go into. I don't it. think they ever did more than, like, 13 episodes a season. No? Yeah, they weren't very long. They weren't. Even then. They may have only been 10 episodes. I think it was more than ten. I don't know. I would have but to. But I remember they did season six. They split it in two. Ooh, yeah, that's right. They so, were. They got away with that. So they may have had, you know, I think they ended up with like sixteen episodes or something. Well, we just got past that one that you adore, where they, where the two guys go to do collections and they try and shake down the coffee shop, and uh, the manager just kind of like, no man, it's getting so the. Small business guy can't make it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Small I got guy. a kid in college. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love David Chase's mundane, you know, everyday sort of 
and uh, there there was a gangster. Uh, there was an actor who I recognized. Uh, his hairline was obviously a little different, but uh, the guy that played uh, Russ in uh, Silicon Valley, the guy with the tequila brand. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, he he plays the son of this. Uh, I don't know recycling business that Tony has a uh, fake office at, and yes, they collect a lot of money for doing nothing. Yeah, he was he was that character, the kid that inherits it unexpectedly. I think I need to watch The Sopranos again. That's what I said, and now here we are. Uh, I watched um, a, a few days after Halloween. I watched uh, realized I had not watched the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown special, so I did. Followed immediately by, uh, since we have like Apple TV Plus or whatever, um, I watched the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. No Thanksgiving? Uh, you skipped the Thanksgiving? No, I did watch that. I think I watched that on Thanksgiving. Where they it, have like marshmallows and Chex Mix. <laughs> jelly beans. Jelly beans. Toast. Popcorn. Toast? Yeah. It was toast, popcorn. Toast, popcorn, jelly beans. Maui Wowie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's like womp womp pakalolo womp womp. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, so I, I think I did end up watching all three, but not on the same day. Um, and obviously, you know, on Thanksgiving, I always watch the parade, mainly because the background noise of marching bands is kind of soothing. It's cacophonous, but soothing for some reason. And then uh, you get to see the Rockettes. Huh. So, you know. That's a win. Uh, I rewatched JFK in, in installments, uh, the Oliver Stone movie. And, uh, you know, he did a fine job of, of leaning into his own personal uh, leanings on, uh, he leaned into his own leanings. He, he leaned into his own pet theories about what happened in the conspiracy, which I think there were so many different things going on that resulted in the assassination. And if not, there was a whole lot of hinky shit for no reason. I can't buy that. So, uh, rewatching, it's like, Oh, here's one guy's point of view, but I've also listened to like half a dozen podcasts and watched another dozen documentaries that all kind of have their own theories as to, uh, who did what and why. But you have Joe Pesci playing David Ferry. That's the and best it part get of the movie. Than that. It doesn't. And Jack Lemmon getting the shit beat out of him by uh, who is it that beats him up? I'm trying to remember who the actor was. Damn. You got Gary Oldman as as Oswald. Lee. Yeah. Yeah, I like that movie. Yeah, the casting was great. I went to a, to that movie on a date. <laughs> and my date cried and cried because JFK died. And I was like... She didn't know? I don't know if she didn't know. He's like, or, he's so or handsome it, and so nice. It didn't seem real to her until she saw it in the screen. But I was like... Jesus. That was 30 years ago at the time. Right. I'm like... Well, here, here's the thing about... I'm, I don't really feel bad for pastos who've died. I'm sorry. <laughs> Especially the longer ago it was, yeah, the the less I care. JFK, he might have been still alive at you know 100. 1993. Yeah, but not now. He'd be like over a hundred years old. Gary Oldman's in uh, Oppenheimer. Oh, good for one scene. 
Oh, bummer. They should have used he him more. He plays Sid Vicious <laughs> in this weird dream sequence where Sid didn't die. Yeah. He's supposed to play Truman, but <laughs> he, he went for Sid Vicious. <coughs> cross, well, Truman with, uh, and Sid were a lot alike. Dracula. You know, he's, he's, <laughs> he like crawls around on the ceiling doing Sid Vicious. Well, you know, Truman's attitude was not far off from punk rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did a lot of crazy shit. The buck stops here. That's what he said. He was a hat maker from Kansas. Hmm. We worked with someone who was business partners with uh, with Truman. Really? Back in Missouri. Wow. Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. Jeez. Well, and, that, and the haberdashery cartel is behind the JFK assassination. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, this, this is Will's pet Truman. theory. Truman killed JFK. The haberdashers killed him because he uh, wouldn't wear a hat. Big hat, as I believe you like yeah, to Yeah, big it. hat. <laughs> big hat took him out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, the, the clues are there, people. You just have to open your eyes. You do. You know. That's what it comes down to. Oh, we tried to watch uh, the Squid Game, like, uh, game show. There's a game show where they have a bunch of these dunces out there competing for the pile of money and playing the same games that happened in Squid Game. Are there murders? I wish. But they, what, we figured it out after uh, we watched, I think, the first episode and just was like, yeah, that's, this is going to be crap. But they did Red Light, Green Light in the first one, and they used an actual, I, I'm not sure it was real, actual size thing, the doll, in the uh, original series, but uh, in this, at least, they've constructed like a 20-something foot tall doll with laser eyes and detecting the movement. And I'm like, what are they shooting him with? Because there's a little black explosion happens. And I'm like, are they shooting him with paint guns? And like, how are they aiming and not hitting him in the eye? And then my wife noticed that they all have like a, a little necklace that's got like a little squib dye pack in it. Oh. So it just blows up like right in their sternum area, which is kind of cool. Then they have to play dead while the rest of the people try to sneak toward the finish line. So, But the twist is they really were dead. That would be a really good twist because I think this thing is going nowhere fast. I'll, I'll watch another episode just to give it a chance. It seems so stupid to make that a game. Yeah. Because... That wasn't the point of the show. It's like if they made The Running Man a real game after the Arnold movie came out. Yeah, there's there's no life or death stakes, so yeah. what's the point? So um, not a fan of it out of the gate, but like I said, I'll watch another episode, see if it improves. I bet it won't. And the, they were all thrilled to see the barracks with all the bunk beds, the four-story bunk beds. It's like, you guys shouldn't be so thrilled. This was horrible in the show. Yeah. Whatever. So um, we're going to talk about multiple maniacs. Yes. Will, you love John Waters. I do love John Waters. I have not watched a John Waters movie in a long, long time. Literally years. Years. I watched uh, my favorite Cecil B. Demented Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. probably 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah, I had not seen this one. I had not seen Multiple Maniacs. Uh, 
Aside from Divine being on screen, how do you know you're watching a John Waters film? Oh, the dialogue. Yeah? Yeah. There's, there's so many lines in this that were, you know... Uh, I mean, although it's Divine's monologue, she says something like, I've been raped before, but nothing this degenerate or something. It's, <laughs> the dialogue is just John Waters. And, and the, uh, the one guy tells his girlfriend... Uh, I love you so much I could shit. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is, this is not his first movie? Or mm. This is his second movie. Second movie. Is this Mondo Trasho? Mondo Trasho is his first film. Uh, this is his second one. 70, I think it came out. Yeah. yeah. But it's filmed in 69, if you look at the calendar on the wall. Yeah. And they, they do make some reference. I, I was going to... F- pause and walk up to the TV and look and see if I could tell. I was like pretty sure there was a Manson family headline on the newspaper, but then they do bring that around and tell you about it. Yeah. So they were, they were kind of talking about where, where uh, the whole hippie movement had gone wrong. Yeah. And I bet it went really wrong really sooner in Baltimore than it did like in California. If he was filming it in 69, it would be months after. Yeah, it was... Because that happened in what, August? August, yeah. So it was still so, fresh. It was still fresh, because I don't remember when this was filmed. November or something? Well, let's see if it says... Uh, I've got a page up for it. But yeah, they make a line of that you were there at hmm. wherever. Yeah, it says it was released April of 70, but that doesn't tell us much. Yeah. Um, So he was still getting his legs under him at this point. John mm-hmm. Waters. I think you could say he was trying to get his legs under him the whole career. <laughs> but uh Well this is, was his first sync sound feature. Yeah. And he had a whopping budget of seven thousand dollars. Jeez. And he was using a three to one shooting ratio, which is extravagant for him. Yeah. Back then. Uh yeah, I just uh I don't know, he's uh um, he shows you you can just if you want to make a movie you can make a movie about anything you know uh, I wonder what uh, what kids of today would think of this film they wouldn't know what to think of it I believe. because I don't know I watch this and although obviously people's rights are more important than art but I feel like maybe we've lost some John Waters out there. We've, you know, the the real weirdos in our, you know. I mean, obviously somebody won't be accepted in the future and they can be weirdos then, but, you maybe, know. Maybe it comes back around. Um, before we really, you know, get into a deeper discussion of it, do you want to know what the critics of the time said? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Funny. (laughs) Rollicking. Um, (laughs) uh, Upon its um, debut in 1970, the Baltimore Sun's Lou Cedrone said, multiple maniacs is very very smelly, save for a moment here and there when the water's humor is apparent. And humor he has. It's just a shame that he has chosen to ignore that for the for the brutality, which is not, as he and his audience may think, a gas. So, so we're just going to quote a gas. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. A gas <laughs> exclamation point. Put the exclamation point in those square brackets. 
because it was implied. Um, in 1981, Joffrey Himes, also of the Baltimore Sun, referred to the film as a as thoroughly disgusting, yet also quite funny at times. So, yeah, they could they could snip that part out of that one. Funny, quite funny, quite funny, thoroughly dot 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 funny, thoroughly <laughs> dot 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 funny. Dot, 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 disgusting, dot, dot, dot. Um, It holds a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Yeah. I I would agree with that. How many votes is that, though? Two. (laughs) Both people liked it quite a lot. John W. of Baltimore said it was was terrific. Um, So this was restored uh, for the Criterion Collection, Mm -hmm. which... Goes to tell you that uh, not everything is created equal in the eyes of, uh, well... Tom I, Criterion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got a lot of movies, I understand. <laughs> yeah, like you will you will find um, things like Breathless, but you'll also find things like Multiple Maniacs. I know which I'd rather watch. They did uh, Pink Flamingos as well. Oh yeah, yeah that's right, they did. So, uh, Will, you you picked this... um... I picked this as a horror movie because uh, Divine becomes Godzilla at the end and kills a bunch of people. I was thinking King Kong, actually, but you're right. Yeah, well, uh, John Waters says somewhere on there that he wanted to make Godzilla with Divine. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So he did. Uh, You see some of these bits repeated and... In uh, Pink Flamingos. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I think I like this a little more than Pink Flamingos because it wasn't so disgusting. Yeah, it doesn't kill animals. It doesn't kill animals. No one's eating dog shit. There's no real gross-out parts. Now, were either of you able to parse out what exactly John Waters is saying about... um, Religion, Christianity. Like, he says this movie flushed religion out of his system. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was it. That's, that was yeah, it. Yeah, so, so we have like rape and drug use at a church, intercut with scenes from the New Testament. Right. Um, and th- this film actually premiered at the first Unitarian Church in Baltimore. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yes, that's right. Wow. Uh, just wow. Yeah, there, there's something, okay, they, they obviously went to like a, uh, a public park to stage all of their uh, religious flashback scenes of, of uh, Christ feeding the masses and then the crucifixion and all this stuff. Um, I found it really funny that on, on one hand, Waters chooses to be very accurate in, in uh, just putting basic tunics on people, uh, but a full, like, Roman centurion sort of outfit on the guy. Mm-hmm. But when, when Christ is feeding the masses, it's like, like hot dog buns and cans of tuna. Yes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, you say public park. I know the, um, the uh, carnival stuff, the cavalcade of perversions mm-hmm. was filmed on his uh, parents' front lawn. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, just like, shoot anywhere anyhow uh-huh like don't ask permission don't just you know beg borrow and steal to get everything mm. 
set up and costumed and what have you. Yeah. Like those were the days when you could buy like the army uniforms they had. You could buy them for not much money at a surplus store. Oh, yeah. But the National Guard in this movie is played by the actual Maryland National Guard. No kidding. Yeah. The guys at the very end? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. He talked them into being in the movie. That's funny. Yeah. Like, I assume that was just a bunch of his freaks and weirdos just no, with, no, sur- with no. wearing surplus. Nope. 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 He got the National Guard involved. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah, well, right? He's, he seems, like every interview I've seen with, with Waters, he's very charming. Oh, yeah. Like, he's... he's obviously a weirdo. Like, and I say that as a weirdo, but <laughs> he seems like just he's a weirdo. He's the king of the weirdos. Yeah, no, he's, he's great. Yeah. I uh, really appreciate his, uh, I don't know, weirdo outlook, you know. Like if, say for example, you just moved into a new house or apartment and a neighbor came over and wanted to talk to you about maybe cutting the hedges down at the ground and it was John Waters, but you liked the hedges, you'd probably do it for him. Probably. I mean, he just make, he would make it feel like the right thing to do just by his weird charm yeah well, my, I suppose um, uh, my in-laws are Sri Lankan mm-hmm. and uh, uh, one of the aunts uh, lives across the street from John Waters really yeah. wow and they're very like conservative and polite and sweet bunch of people and yeah she, she loves him he's, yeah he's just her nice neighbor wow that is really cool <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be funny I, I loved when he went hitchhiking across the country yeah jeez oh, I forgot yeah. completely about that yeah he wrote a whole book about it yeah I wonder what those rides were like for the like really kind of redneck people that wouldn't recognize him he has a book read the book I guess so I'm surprised he didn't make it into a little documentary yeah that's probably a lot to bring even a small camera with you yeah. And, uh, you know, do you get the person's real reaction if you have a camera? Now, was this your first time watching this one, Will? Yeah, I had not seen Multiple Maniacs before. How about you, Julian? No, I'd, I'd seen uh, all of these at the Scala. They used to okay. just have John Walters marathons. Oh, okay. oh, cool. Yeah, this was one that I didn't think I'd ever see this or uh, or his first film. I just... Yeah, I didn't like Mondo Trasho because it like starts off with them killing a bunch of chickens, I think. Yeah. Well, that's not fun. But um Although they did eat the chickens, to be fair. <laughs> great. And you said that the chickens had a great they were great stars, you know. Okay. They had their big movie. They're immortalized. Yeah, they're immortalized on film and you know, <laughs> they fed the crew. And then the French Revolution happened yeah. for them and that was it. Um this wasn't on my radar, so I, I really didn't have any any expectations going into it. And uh, it, it was chaotic and messy and goofy and stupid and a lot of other things. But there wasn't very long stretches where I wasn't feeling entertained or I won't say shocked, but uh, not shocked, but maybe appalled, a little appalled well, in he, places. He's just like filming. It's very, very of the moment. So I, I think I, it's why Criterion. One of the things they like about it is, is a, it's like a, a record that 
wasn't recorded by anyone else. It's like a very immediate record of where he is and what was going on at the time. Yeah. Very stream of consciousness almost. Yeah, and it, so he's like tearing into Catholicism and, and organized religion. But it, John Waters always, he's always taking aim at the uh, like the people who regard themselves as revolutionaries and the, yes. you know, the hippies and things of the day. So that wouldn't, it wouldn't be as funny now, obviously, but, you know, he, he really wanted to um, uh, uh, offend hippies as well as straights, as he puts it. Yes, he evidently divine was was created because they wanted a character basically to terrorize the hippies that were coming and hanging out with yes. them. Because <laughs> uh, they felt that, you know, they weren't weird enough. They weren't real freaks and weirdos. Right. Yeah, I've got a couple of quotes from him. He said, uh, we wanted to do the same thing as the Manson family. We wanted to scare the world. Violence was this generation's sacrilege, so I wanted to make a film that would glorify carnage and mayhem for laughs. Well, there you go. Mission accomplished. Well, I don't know if society at large got a chance to see this, <laughs> but the people who did probably were a little freaked out. Oh, yeah. I imagine people were a little freaked out. Yeah. Um. I almost forgot uh, the giant lobster. Yep, lobster. Lobster. Yeah. Yes. Do either of you know much about this? Played by production designer Vince Piranio and his brother. Oh, okay. Took two people to operate lobster. Uh huh. No, and one of the um, uh, underground filmmakers, uh, one of the like the leading ones of the sixties, mm-hmm. was uh, uh, Jack Smith, who did Flaming Creatures. Okay. Like one of the famous um, movies movies of midnight movies uh which came out in 62 uh and uh he did a, a theater piece called uh, capitalism of atlantis hmm. where uh there's a giant lobster in it so it might be no reference to that because uh john waters would definitely know jack smith yeah hmm so we yes. don't we don't know anything about where the costume came from. Couple people made it. Really, like worked it into the film. Paper. I like that. That's what drives Divine crazy. That yeah. That's when she really snaps. Yeah, was the lobster. <laughs> like she, she was okay with the rest of it up until then. <laughs> yeah, Edith Massey and Mink Stolen. Yeah, yeah, Mink, Mink stole attacks her in the with a rosary in the church. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, do you know Edith Massey was raised in Denver? Really? Yeah. She seems like such a Baltimore native. You would think. <laughs> yeah, she she was. Um, I think he found her in. Uh, found her Baltimore. in a bar. Yeah, it was like this bar called. It was a anything goes waterfront bar, called uh, in uh, Pete's Hotel. And uh, she was a waitress there. Uh huh. Yeah. And he just thought she was great. Yeah. Like he found so many of his actors that were just weirdos he knew. Right. That wouldn't work with anybody else in the you know in a film, but you know he's the king of the weirdos. Right. Uh, yeah. The, the emperor of trash is one of his emperor of trash. Yeah. He wanted to make trashy movies and. Damn if he didn't make some trashy movies. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of his brand, isn't it? Uh-huh. Um, the uh, the inspiration for Lobstra, I, I really do enjoy this. 
Um, oh yeah, there's some other stuff here too, but, um, the inspiration uh, was derived from a combination of influences, which included Salvador Dali, um, Jack Smith, and a postcard from Provincetown, Massachusetts that featured a lobster in the sky overlooking a beach. Also, taking LSD and cannabis. Huh. So John Waters tripping <laughs> comes up with a crazy idea. Yeah, I think Dali did the, it's like a telephone where the receiver's yes. a lobster. Yes. He also did one of a uh, topless woman who was wearing uh, a bunch of different stuff, but she had a lobster on her lap. She's sort of blindfolded. I'm sure Gala was the model or the. Mm. But uh, yeah, he he did a lot of uh, a lot of stuff like that. Being being from coastal Spain, I guess he he had uh, a real love for the lobsters on the brain. Yeah, he loved the crustaceans. Um, will you love regional horror? Does this does this clock in uh, with you as as being sort of in that category? Mm, I guess so. I mean, I mean, I, John Waters didn't say, "Oh, we need to find a location for this." He's like, "Nope, Baltimore. Here's Baltimore. where we are. Here's my, where we're filming." My parents' front garden. <laughs> yeah, my parents' front garden. Yeah, I guess it is. It is, you know, sort of Baltimore is a character in this. Yeah, and they they made up their own Baltimore cop. Mm-hmm. Baltimore National Guard shows up. Baltimore National Guard, yeah. Or Maryland National Guard, I guess it would be. But um, yeah, uh, this this kind of this kind of seems to me like uh, something that, considering he did have a budget, but otherwise this is something like some kids would make. Uh huh. You know, like he had a budget of seven thousand dollars, so so. And back then, that was a lot more. It was about three million dollars nowadays, but <laughs> no. You could buy maybe about seventy, eighty thousand, a hundred. No, it'd be about thirty-five thousand or so. I don't know. It's, it's, I think a new car back then was around four grand. Yeah. I mean, we could bring up the calculator for it. But... Let's do it. We're bringing it up. We have the internet. We'll use it. There's no reason not to, because I know, I know that like there, there was a time not many years before that, that 2,500 to 3,000 was about the cost of a, a, you know, a decent new car. You know, we're talking like a Dodge Dart or something to that effect. And, uh, that makes me think that, um, cars being around 40, 50,000 bucks now makes me think this would be 80 to 80 to hundred. All right. In today's bucks. Are you going with 69 or 70 as your year? I'm doing 69. Yep. Because it's funnier. Yeah. <laughs> It'll make our younger listeners laugh. Uh-huh. 420, kids. Will's doing a 69. 69. Marilyn Manson can do that by himself. $58,000. 58. Well, I wasn't even Almost close. $59,000. We were both way off. Yeah. The price is not right. <laughs> or whatever the noise was. Yeah. Yeah, that sad trumpet sound. All right. Uh, Jillian, any uh, observations about this? Um, he took the title. It was inspired by 2000 Maniacs. Oh. Oh, I wondered. Herschel yeah. Gordon Lewis. Yeah. That was a, uh, what, 64? Yeah. 
Somewhere around there? Yeah, 64. Wow. Well, that's a nice homage. I wonder what Lewis thought. <laughs> it, it's like when people say that uh, Radiohead inspired them. There was something in The Onion about Radiohead denying that local band was influenced by them. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, Will, any other observations about this one? Um, How was the pacing for you? That's probably a better question. It moved along at a steady pace. I wasn't bored at any time. Yeah, it didn't really sit there and do nothing for very long before before it got up and did something gross. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, you know. Yeah, it it was all right. I I don't go back and watch these early ones so much as the... No, no. Yeah, I mean... Because when I saw these, it was with a an audience who are really up for it at the Scala and, and there was just so much fun. Oh, I bet. But, uh, yeah, watching it by myself is, mm. It's not as much fun, but it was still nice to see a John Waters movie that I hadn't seen. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'd kind of forgotten about John Waters and, and how great his weirdoness is. Yeah. You know, uh, any movie that has the infant of Prague show up and and walk a drag queen into a church is going to be all right in my mind. <laughs> what do you think? I'd the... forgotten how great Divine is. Oh, yeah. D- Divine would... Uh, obviously down for whatever you come up with if you're John Waters. Was, was Divine popular here as a musical um, star? I don't know. I don't remember her being... She had a couple of hits in the UK. She, yeah. You think you're a man, but you're only a boy. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't remember. What about uh, Divine as a cannibal in this one? A cannibal? Yeah, the cannibalism scene. Uh, I mean, that's pretty minor for Divine. (laughs) Yeah, apparently uh, Waters (laughs) bought a couple of cow hearts from the local butcher and had kept them in the fridge for a couple days. And then it's like the... uh, Divine cannibalizing Mr. David. Uh, yeah, just a real cow's heart. So if you thought you saw something that looked real and gross, it was. Yeah. Both, yeah. Of, both of those things. Yeah. Didn't, didn't shell out for fake stuff. No, yeah. it's no. cheaper to just get a real cow's heart. Oh, man. And you know your your actress will bite into that. Or yeah. I suppose your actor. Yeah, Divine, I don't think Divine identified as a woman. No, he did not. He was... Divine was a character, although he used her name as his own. Yeah. So it, it's always But fun. he considered himself just a gay man who had a female character. Glenn Milstead. Uh-huh. Yeah. Who Yeah, the uh sounds like he may have been troubled. I don't know why, but Yeah, I can't imagine <laughs> perhaps a little troubled growing up in Baltimore. Yeah, I I gotta say that uh, the yearbook photo that pops up on the Wikipedia page, pretty normal looking. Uh huh. Not even particularly heavy at seventeen years old. No. So you can't say, oh, Divine was a fat kid that was really uh, yeah, stuck around for a few decades after this, unlike some of the other cast. Yeah. Oh, did did we have overdoses and tragic yeah, deaths? Yeah, yeah. Although his death wasn't. It was heart failure. Non-tragic. Yeah. He was supposed to be unmarried with children the next day. Damn it. Instead, I think they got Sam Kennison. (laughs) 
Not who a, I never liked Sam Kennison. No, that he just screamed cocaine to to me the whole time. Yeah. Well, he was screaming other stuff to you. He was just he screaming. He was just screaming the word cocaine, cocaine. I'm on cocaine. Cocaine's funny, just like Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah Coke's was... fun to do, but it's not fun to laugh at people doing it. Like... <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, um, yeah. Divine died at 42 years old. Yeah, in March of '88. That's a bummer. Yeah, but uh, but had a you know active career from 1966 to 1988 so that's mm-hmm. yeah. something yeah but um yeah i think cry baby was my first john waters film yeah i think it was wow mine too. so you went from the douglas sirk era back to the yes. Ryan era wow yeah no i That'd i weird. i saw that and uh it was sold to me as just a musical and you could right. tell there's something weird there <laughs> And then, uh, then I think I watched Desperate Living after oh. that, and was like, "Yeah, okay. this this guy, this guy's <laughs> got something." I think I was I was basically chronological because that's how they program them. Oh, yeah, no, I. Uh, in fact, I didn't see Pink Flamingos long, long time. Pink Flamingos didn't see the uncut one for a long time, but no. in, in Britain, I saw the cut one. Mm. No, I yeah, didn't. Was, that one was. Once it got to Japan, they had the uncut stuff there. That was unavailable to me. You know, I think you could get probably Desperate Living was probably his earliest that was readily available. Uh, yeah, and then um, Polyester was available, mm. and most of them from then on. But yeah, I I absolutely love the. Uh, the communist daycare bit out of uh, Desperate Living. Mink stole yells. It's embedded in my mind. <laughs> so do you think anyone's going to try and remake this one? I don't think you can I do hope these so. films now. That, see, that was kind of what I was wondering. Like, what would audiences think of this now? I think it, this would this would probably offend more people now. Yeah. Yeah, when it's... you can play that, is it, is it, uh, which one is it where Divine shoots up the cinema at the end? Uh, is that Desperate Living? Yeah, I... no, wait, but you, you couldn't show that, no, especially in Denver. No, um, yeah, I think more people would be offended by this now Definitely. Than, than they were back then. Do you think we have become too sensitive as a society? I mean, some of it's probably good, some of the added sensitivity, but... Yeah, yeah. Well, certainly, yeah, some of it's good, but then, like everything, we go too far. I mean that as an American. Yeah. We can't just decide, let's back it off a notch or two. We've got to flip it all the way around and, you know... Throw it in reverse. Uh Uh-huh. I think back in like the 60s and 70s, you were rebelling against a very conformist society. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then it got conformist again after that. And I don't think we've had the, the, it's not gone back again to the, you know, trying to shatter taboos. I don't think you can do that now. No, um, I find, uh, there seems to be a sort of acceptance, but 
acceptance of different identities and, and uh, sexual orientations, but sex itself is kind of taboo. Yeah. It's, it's very weird because uh, you'll see kids on, online who are like, you know, just sex in movies is just straight pornography to them. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to have any sex in your movies. It's it's bizarre to me. It it has it has fallen way out of favor to put any sex scene yeah. in any movie now. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Or I'll I'll read kids' arguments that that they they don't want to grow up. It seems they want like they're arguing. You know, twenty five isn't really you know your brain's not fully developed, <laughs> and it seems like they want to push the age up. Right. I think it's to escape some sort of responsibility there. Mm-hmm. Uh, why would you want to become an adult now? It seems crap. Um, <laughs> no shit. It's always been but, you a know, bum deal. <laughs> even as a kid, I knew I'd have to pay bills and taxes, but I couldn't wait to grow up. You, yeah. You get to choose what to do. I could eat extent. cookies for dinner, and I can do whatever yeah. I want. You yeah. Know? And, uh, exactly. Yeah, I I kind of I think there's I have seen some evidence of this, um, and it's not probably a fair observation point to be standing at, but when I'm working at conventions, you know, selling my artwork at conventions, I will see kids that are like 16, 17 years old, who are like walking around in footy pajamas and onesies, and it's like it's not part of a cosplay. It's just like that's what you wore to leave the house today. Like you, you put on your jammies and you took your stuffed animal with you when you're 17 years old and not, you know, developmentally disabled as far as mental, like you hear them talking to their parents and they seem like a otherwise normal kid, but it's like you are hoping to stay eight years old or something, seven years, I don't know. Uh, All I have to say is that. John, I can't remember your name, but you wore pajamas in high school and everybody made fun of you 30 years ago. And clearly you were ahead of your time. And I apologize. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I remember like in high school, like the cheerleaders did some cute thing where they all wore their pajamas to school. And it's like, and they went and got pancakes. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's a thing you did one day, but like to live your life in a onesie because you you're you're hoping to not have to ever grow up. That's just uh, that's just weird to me. I mean, as far as denial, yeah, that's a weird type of denial to be in. Because hey, you know what? When you get out on your own, it is really cool. It's scary and it sucks on one hand, but in another way, it is really cool. It is really cool. You get to kind of make your own schedule in a way. Yeah, you know, like all you, the mistakes you make are your own. And you get some cool stories. Yeah, you know. Like the time I had to turn my water back on my damn self. Yeah, With you know. With a wrench I made. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have had that story if I was hanging out at mom and dad's wearing footy pajamas. No, no, probably not. Although, at, at I'm not wearing footy pajamas at 22. You're probably going to get some stories. Probably, yeah. yeah. You know. I, I would have been killed in my town. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> Uh, same <laughs> oh, they, they would have just pitied you no, no. I'd, be, I'd have been knifed to death <laughs> yeah first first night right. if I went out in onesies in my town where I grew up 
knife to death. What if they had like really tough like race cars on them or something, like Formula One race cars? <laughs> <laughs> no, still killed. Football themed? No. no. <laughs> okay. Dead in the gut. Footy pajamas. <laughs> footy footy pajamas that's right footy uh so i guess what we're saying is grow up watch some horrible movies quit being so sensitive and i'm not the i'm not like the kind of person that's going to say oh you you shouldn't you know have have your your identity the way you want it or whatever but man we have really i think we're losing a lot here yeah um, like for a good, I think I think nerds won, whereas we wanted the theater kids to win. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. You know, it's the theater weirdos that really, you know, are yeah. more John Waters type than than yeah. the Bill Gates type nerds that actually won. Yeah, that's true. The theater kids couldn't make any money being gay and weird (laughs) right yeah it's that's a bummer and you know i i I would say on one hand it's really cool that like the gay kids aren't getting oh yeah it's great they're not they're not getting the same uh bullying knifing yeah it must have been terrible (laughs) when i I was a kid oh my god i can't even imagine because i remember like uh the the guys who in, in class who like did the most gay jokes uh, when I went to work at a, a bar that had gay nights, they were the ones who were there. Mm-hmm. They were just like playing, playing off. They could be really funny about it. So yeah. they, so they did protest too much, did they not? Yeah, but <laughs> they were like, so they, they like look at me and be like, yeah, don't worry about it. Don't yeah. worry. I'm yeah, not going to say anything. Or I don't care. Not, not bothered. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're the ones who are you know at school in public. They'd be the ones who are doing all the jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. The squeaky wheel but, gets yeah. greased. <laughs> yeah, it must In be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it is like horrible because, like, because uh, because of my age, that uh, I think uh, yeah, most of them died. Yeah, oh, yeah. that that was yeah. a dangerous time, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh God, yeah. I... Yeah, it was really sad because, like, uh, yeah, a lot, lot of um, so so I had my gay friends. A lot of them died, and then a lot of my. Uh, uh, school buddies they weren't my friends so much because they're like the ambitious like smart ones uh-huh it, cocaine killed them off oh, <laughs> oh god shit. yeah so many people I knew from school didn't make it to the 30s yeah we call those the lucky ones <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we get to die of something horrible in old age anyway anywho anywho <laughs> Merry Christmas all <laughs> oh god yeah, I would I would say yeah, we we've, we've probably um we've gained a lot from some weirdos, you know, making some movies and taking their lumps and I mean, whatever we did in in like our younger years, you know, we took some shit for that and mm-hmm. and uh grew from it and allowed those who came after us to not have to put up with as much harassment. Yep. But now things have gotten a little too beige. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want the movies to be a little dangerous, a little scary, a little weird. Like, don't be afraid to, you know, like, uh, yeah, like we said, sex is being like removed from movies entirely. Well, that's a drag because sometimes it's like, 
Yeah. You aren't expecting it. It happens in a movie. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's kind of cool. It's part of life. It's right. a huge part of life. Yeah. You can't have life without it. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it literally it's is procreation. Force. It's the only reason men have ever done anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Building anything, Think telling jokes. in technology. Yeah. Everything we've ever done. Every accomplishment or disaster we've caused. Does any new medium of depicting something, first thing that's depicted is sex, you know? Yeah. yeah. Starting with the cave drawings. Uh huh. All, all the way to present. First thing was uh, maybe a buffalo, and the second thing was tits. Yeah. You know? And it was probably only drew the buffalo because people were watching. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, why the, you just draw behind buffalo? Behind the curtain in the cave, you had, yeah. the, you had the good stuff. Exactly, <laughs> you know. There's a there's an R. Crumb story about that called Cave Wimp. And he's this nerd cave man, and he makes the Venus of Villendorf statue, and then some big... Uh, hunky caveman you know alpha male type comes and kills him because he's a pervert but then he takes the statue and he's showing it to everybody how great it is (laughs) afterwards jeez yeah sounds right yeah so our crumb and uh harvey picar that's a couple more weirdos a couple more weirdos yeah we've got i'd say uh harvey picar is more of a misanthrope than yeah a straight weirdo yeah crumb, crumb <laughs> like definitely. crumb would just be a misanthrope if he didn't want to fuck bugs bunny when he was a kid or something <laughs> yeah harvey picar is mostly comics about eating bread and collecting blues records <laughs> yeah and hating people you know standing behind some lady in line when she's counting out her pennies yeah but at least crumb was checking out her ass she counted out those pennies. Yeah, as far as like, you know, all the different media. We've we've had weirdos in music. We've had weirdos in comedy. We've had weirdos in film, you know, comics. Uh, Mathematics. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of discoveries are made that way. And and I think they, they've a lot of them have been trailblazers for us. And I yeah. think that's a great thing. So uh, want to do the recommends? Yeah. I recommend right. this, but only if you're a John Waters fan, or sort of, or, or a fan of this kind of film. Or John Waters tolerant, at least. John Waters tolerant. <laughs> uh, I would check out his other films if you hadn't seen it, some of his later films. Uh, you know. Um, yeah, Crybaby is going to be a lot more palatable. Crybaby's definitely yeah, more like palatable. Hairspray. And- hairspray, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Cecil B. Demented, I think, is... Yeah, all, all his, his later films are, like, objectively good movies. And mm-hmm. Although, I was shocked at how watching uh, Cecil B. Demented and, and then watching this, uh, he still has the same sort of look, <laughs> the same sort of cheapness in both, even though he had very different budgets. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, I, I kind of appreciate that. Julian, recommend? Uh, yeah, but really tr- try and see it if, you're, if you've got a revival theater and see it with a Oh, yeah, if you could see this with a crowd of people, this would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how it like would Like, focus on the family. 
theater, you know, <laughs> down yeah. in Colorado Springs, putting this on. First Unitarian Church. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree that it's a it's a recommend uh, with the caveat that this isn't probably your best jumping off point to get to know John Waters, even though it's his earlier work. I would say kind of check in with his later work and then backtrack to this like mm-hmm. like we all pretty much did. Um, yeah, I, I saw his later his later films, but like, you know, Hairspray and Crybaby and stuff like that before I saw any of the earlier stuff. Yeah. And I think it is, it's a good document to check, you know, it's like, Oh, have a look at this one. This is a, this is a crazy mess and it's full of shocking, weird stuff. And, and it was in a different time. Yeah. You know, it's pretty much every movie is the weirdos versus the, the normies. And one of the thoughts I had while watching this, and it's like, God, these guys are acting like when when the late 60s turned from like idealistic to scary, like with the Manson murders, obviously, is the, you know, the um, the killings at Altamont Speedway in California during the concert. Um, this is this is a good point at which you can go see a film and be told, hey, you should be afraid of hippies. <laughs> they're, they're not hippies per se but there's some long haired people in this and it's like free spirited, different thinking people are scary. Yeah. And you should be afraid of them. <laughs> the movie does tell you that. Well, it also tells you to be afraid of normal people. Yeah. That too. Yeah. Because normal people are probably full of shit. And scary. Yep. <laughs> Cause uh, they want to force you to be normal. Yeah. Which is also not cool. Uh, anything else about the movie before we call it a show? No, right. I think that's it. It's a show. Listeners, thank you for listening. Damn, I should have written a quote down. How about stay out of Baltimore? Stay out of Baltimore. <laughs> Hippie. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>